0: This morning, i want to preach for a little bit on this subject, and I want you to get the title right now. This is a good one. You ready for this? I worked on this title. From the shore to the ship to sharing in a miracle. From the shore to the ship to sharing in a miracle. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we approach your throne again this morning by faith, and Lord, it's good to worship with your people. We love to worship across the miles when we have to, but God, it's good to be gathered together as the Word of God challenges us to be. Thank you for the privilege of uh, hearing the choir and looking across and seeing your people singing your praises and leading us in worship. Thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of God who we know is here this morning working, moving in our midst. And we ask you to speak through your servant your truth for this hour and challenge us, God. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I have a picture to show you, if we can throw up that that pic. Uh, have you seen a bass that big in a while? Look, this happened last Sunday afternoon. And she's not here right now. She was in the early service. But on the right-hand side, my looking at it from the right-hand side, is Lauren uh, Godwin. And she went home uh, with Sophia and over at Pastor Darren's house in the pond behind the house. Look. They caught that big bass, drug it in as far as they could, and poor Blaine had to come riding over there to help them get it up and get it out of there. That thing is huge. And, and those girls love to fish. I enjoy fishing. That's enough of that. That's bigger than the fishes I've caught recently, so I don't want to give them any more air time. But I thought that was interesting. And then yesterday, I had the joy and the privilege to make a few visits. And one of the visits was the sister uh, of a man that comes to this church, it's a part of this, my buddy, and he's here this morning. Uh, we made, made a visit and found out that, that a, a friend of mine, um, uh, this friend of mine's sister's husband, 61 years of age, has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Did you know God doesn't waste anything? Whatever he brings, he has a sovereign purpose in it. I think we heard that last Sunday. Listening for God on what his plan was, I just felt led to share the gospel. And when I did, uh, my friend, my new friend, bowed his head with tears in his eyes and asked Jesus Christ to forgive his sin and come to live inside of his life. Look, you know, I, was, I was fishing also. It's just a different kind of fishing. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing quite like fishing. I had three little thoughts in introduction before we get into the text. Number one, <clears throat> I was thinking, some people just love to fish. Some people just absolutely love to fish. They, it don't matter whether they're catching or not, they just love to fish. I remember Junior Hill coming here years ago, one of our favorite preachers. He's not able to travel now. but Jr. Uh, said that his mother, way up in her 80s, would, take, would say to him, "Junior, would you take me out to the river, get my chair set up?" He said, I'd help her out to the chair, get her in the chair." He said, "Now, get my worms, get me a bucket." Put a little water in it, and then you can leave and come back and get me when the sun's going down. About the time the sun's going down. She just loved to fish. She loved the sound of the crickets. She loved to hear the, the, the birds flapping their wings and the wind blowing through the trees. She just enjoyed fishing. Some people just love to fish. I wish I could say that I just love to fish, but I, I can't sit still long enough if something's not happening. So I would say, number two, I, know, I love to catch I love to catch. I love that feeling when, when it goes like this right here. You fisher people will know what this is when it goes just just that little that little bit of pop on the other end of the line. I'm telling you, there there is a rush to that that I can't really explain other than to tell you it makes all my fishes come true when I feel that when I feel that little hit. And uh, I I do love to feel. I don't get to do it as often, but every now and then we do. Dale and I went the other day. He had. He had done a sail down a dirt road in Fayetteville, way down out of Ram, off Ramsey Street. We got into the, it was the prettiest day, and we caught fish and had the most fun. Let me tell you, let me tell you something about fishing. Principle number three: You'll never catch if you don't fish. You'll never catch. You'll never feel the rush and the excitement that that Lauren, Sophia felt if you don't fish you know there are a lot of people that never get involved they come and they're part of the church and they look at a church like this and they say well all those hundreds of people surely they don't need me do you ever thought you, there's a reason why the Lord brought you here there's gifts unique to you talents and gifts that you have that nobody else in this fellowship have those exact same ones There are experiences you've had that make you a unique fisherman for this fellowship and for this community And for the world at large. And so i got a challenge for you. and I'm going to issue it strong this morning. And you can sit there and make all the excuses in the world as to to why you can't fish. But I want to challenge you today. Let's go fishing. Let's move from the shore to the ship. And then to the sharing in a miracle. Take your Bibles, Luke chapter 5. And I did this in the early service. And I know there are a lot of different translations in our fellowship. But I want us to do some responsive reading. Um, everybody here knows the, the, the translation that I've memorized from and that I love. And, and so if you have this one, you can, you can read their, your even verses out loud if you like. If not, just kind of mumble a little bit if you want to. And, and just pretend like you're reading along with us. But I, I'll read the odd verses. You read with me on the even verses. We'll go 1 through 11. Luke chapter 5. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret together We have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship that's interesting that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. May God add his blessings to the reading of his Word. Let me give you a little synopsis of what's happening. These guys have been fishing all night, spent the whole night fishing. But it wasn't with rods. It wasn't with corks, and it wasn't with the spinner baits. It was with something called a dragnet. There's probably not many people in this room. In fact, I'll ask you, how many have ever fished with a large commercial dragnet? Raise your hand. I see one, two, three, four or so in the room. This would be an approximately, I did some study on the period... About 100 feet long. It would be very heavy commercial material. And they would take that from their small boat. And they would put it in a circle. Approximately 100 feet around. And then they would draw it in. Listen to this. Hand over hand. This was backbreaking work for just the strongest of men. They would do this. And then they would take if they caught a fish or two or a bunch. They would put them in the boat. They would set the net out again. And do it again. And again. And again. All night Long. This is the, the environment that we see in this uh, moment, these fishermen Now as, at, at a dawn, they would make their way to the shore and The sun's coming up, they're washing their nets, the Bible says They're mending them because it's their livelihood They're mending the nets, they're drying the nets Where then they will fold them and then place them in the boat ready for the next evening But this day was different When they arrived, they saw this massive crowd of people And they were wondering, and this is early in the morning. Jesus is there. And as Jesus stands there, the Bible says, I love this phrase that, if you'll look at it, the Bible says they were standing there, verse 1, pressed upon him to hear the word of God. You know what the Holy Spirit said to me when I read that text? Did you know it wasn't just back in the first century that they were pressing upon the Lord to hear his word? Did you know today... There is a definite desire on the part of a large portion of humanity to hear what God has to say. They're not so interested in what we have to say. But they really would love to know what God has in mind and what God is up to. And so for that reason, we've taken the month of February to kind of walk through biblically what we can expect as the church of the Lord Jesus. In thinking about this, I thought about this crowd coming. Jesus had done miracles. You want to read some of the the miracles? Look back at chapter 4 later and find when Jesus cast the devil out of someone. You say, Pastor, does that happen today? Can I tell you right now, the enemy is more at work than he has ever been? Can I tell you the power of the Lord Jesus Christ is still available to say, you know what happened yesterday? You know what happens every time a a man becomes born again by the Spirit of God? The devil moves out and Jesus moves in. If you believe that, say amen. I'm going to tell you, the enemy wants to destroy you. He kills and he steals and he destroys, or he tries to, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. They come to hear the Word of God. I was thinking, I wonder what in the world Jesus preached. Wonder, what text did he take? And then I saw it up in chapter 4, verse 43. At the end of chapter 4, the Bible says, Jesus said, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities. The good news that, he's, that the king has come. The good news that the king has come. Can I tell you something? When you meet this king... It won't matter to you so much of what's going on in Washington. As a matter of fact, here's my new verse for all of the political unrest. You ready for this? I was going to read it later. I'm going to read it now. Somebody said, Pastor, I'd like to hear what you have to say about all this. And I'm thinking to myself, no, you wouldn't, because half of what I say ain't worth a nickel. But I'll tell you something right now. Listen to this. Psalm 103, verse 19. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. I'm going to read that one more time. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Did you know when you pray the model prayer and you say, thy kingdom come, you know what you're saying? I'm stepping out of politics, and I'm stepping into a bigger kingdom, and I've got a king named Jesus, and everything's going to be all right. That's what, I believe that's what that says. Now notice with me though, chapter 5, what's happening next. They come to the shore. Now I know how I feel after I go fishing and I don't fish all night. I've only done that once or twice. It was awful. I don't, I don't, because I love to catch. We weren't catching anything. We'd been there all night long. You know what happens with a bunch of Baptist men when they fish all night long and they're not catching any fish? They begin to think about Little little games they can play. Little ways they can get you. Jokes and, and things of that nature. I'm not even going to tell what they've done in time past. But I stopped going. If it's because of that. Unless somebody calls me and said, the spots are running. Pew, I'm going then. But I don't want to go when they're, just, when they're just fishing. But they fished all night. I can imagine he was tired. Come to shore. He was doing all this work. He's give out. And then in the middle of this... I'm not sure he really heard a whole lot of what Jesus said when he was teaching. There's not a lot of dialogue in here about all of what Jesus did say. Peter was probably a little zoned out from being out there all night. And have you ever been up all night and then the next morning the sun starts to rise and that warm sun hits you? Boy, that's like a sedative. So I'm not sure how with it Peter was, but notice in a minute he's about to wake up bright and clear. Because Jesus says to him something. He says, Peter, I want to ask something of you. Would you push us out a little bit? Launch out into the deep water. I just have been up, by the way, he said, I want to make a pulpit out of this boat, which is what he did. And his voice reverberated off that water. And everybody could hear it where they couldn't have seen him and heard him before. Now they can hear it. And then he says, take me out a little further. Take me out a little further, a little deeper. And, let's, and get those nets, by the way, get your nets first. And then let's go out and then let down your nets for a... For a, you know, I, I, I've said the wrong, i pronounced that the wrong way so many times. I can't say it right now. Draft. Drought. drought. i I've said it three or four times. You know where draught came from? What mother used to give us when we was little. Black draught. That's where it came from. I see that word, my mind goes back, and all kind of terrible memories uh, come from it. But I, I'll tell you, whatever it was, the Bible says, he said, let them down. And the Lord said, when you let them down, there's going to be a bunch of fish that are going to make their way into that net. Now, look, I don't know if anybody here has ever had the joy that I've had to fish with a um, a guide. I haven't done it many times, but, boy, it's been fun every time I did. Uh, Or fish with a professional. Uh, I I don't know if you've ever had that happen, but in my mind, I can imagine at this moment, he says, Peter, launch out in the deep. Let's let down these nets. Now, look, uh, Peter hadn't slept all night. He's just washed and mended all these nets. The sun's coming up. It's midday. It's not the best time to fish. As a matter of fact, here's what fishing experts know they know that 100% of the fish are in 10% of the waters. And they know where the fish are, they can put you on it. Every time I've ever fished, maybe twice, with a guide, they put us on the fish. And we can catch them. It's interesting to me that this carpenter, who was way more than a carpenter, said to this professional fisherman, I want you to take me out. I'm going to show you where the fish are. I want you to to drop your net. I don't know what Peter was thinking. I can imagine that he was probably thinking, what, what would a carpenter know about fishing? It's midday. It's not the right time. How would he know the place? But he said this. He said, but at your word, I will let down the net. At your word. Did you know, honestly, it's not important what you think. Or how you feel. Or whether somebody else's opinion is different than yours. If God's word says it. If Jesus speaks it. You need to do it. Just simple as that. Did you know where in the world would we be. If we took God's word. And just did what he said we were to do. Oh, that would be an amazing thing. He said. He said. At your word I will let down the net. So he goes gets his net. Takes him out. And he drops it down. Look from drowsiness to awaken immediately, all of a sudden that net gets full of fish, that net starts to break, he's hollering help, because remember his partners had a boat there too. And they're probably thinking, I'd like to hear and see Jesus too, we got a boat, let's slide out a little bit. So they pushed out their boat, they're sitting there, they're not anticipating catching anything, and they're out there watching all of this, and then all of a sudden their buddy, their partner, his boat's about to sink, because every fish in the lake Gennesaret is trying to get in that boat. So they roll over there, and then it gets full. And I'm thinking, you know, I did a little research again on this, on this period of time. The average fishing boat in those days would have been about 20 feet long and about seven and a half feet wide, which would have enclosed a large number of fish before it would have ever uh, went down. Before it would have ever sunk, maybe tons. Someone has said, Mr. Hughes said, and the crowd. Now imagine this. All this is happening. This is better than a Friday night football game in the biggest high school in North Carolina. The crowd's watching this, and they're seeing this massive, natural miracle take place, and they're getting excited. Peter obviously is excited because he's fished all night not caught anything, and now all the fish are getting in. He's translating this to this is a miracle, and Peter saw it, and he was convicted in the presence of God, and notice what he said. He didn't say whoopee. This is great. This is going to be a lot of money. No, he said, depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I wrote this down. He he realized that this man was no ordinary man. Number two, he realized his sin was not just a little ordinary sin. He realized his opportunity to follow Jesus was no mere simple opportunity. But Jesus was in his boat And he had the privilege of being a part of that. You know, you might think your little life, your plans and dreams are so big. Oh, some people, I I like to hear them talk about their successes. Every now and then people get all, all, and almost a little pride slips in. I said that kindly, a little. Because sometimes it's more than that. And they want to tell you, they want to write down. People ask me when I go preach, they'll say, would you send us a bio? You know what most bios are filled with? Flesh I have started asking churches When you introduce me would you say We have a preacher from North Carolina To come and preach God's word Look it's really important That we understand That everything that happens here Ain't got a thing to do with Peter Other than he obeyed God It had everything to do with what Jesus Wanted to do and what's happened here And what will happen in the future Will be all because of Jesus Christ And him crucified so if you got a pencil, I've got a. You're gonna be. You're gonna find yourself in one of these five categories that I'm getting ready to share right out of this story, and then I'm gonna close. There are five categories as to how to move from the ship to the or from the shore to the ship, and then to sharing in a miracle. Number one, the first group of people I see here are those who are waiting on the shore, just waiting on the shore when Jesus. When they get back to the shore Peter and James and John are just washing and mending They're just standing there waiting They're waiting to finish it all up So they can go get some breakfast And go home and go to bed They're just waiting on the shore Did you know I know a lot of Christians like that They're just waiting I don't know what they're waiting on They're not fishing They're just waiting They're just standing back waiting They're waiting for something else to happen So they can complain about how bad times are And they're just waiting Waiting on the shore You don't catch any fish standing on the shore Some are just waiting on the shore. I don't know where you're going to see yourself in a minute, but you may find yourself in one of these. Number two, there's a second group. I call these the ones that are washing their nets. These are people that's been fishing before. But they don't fish anymore. They're washing their nets. They're not fishing right now. They're just washing their nets. They'll tell you about how they used to fish. Preacher, years ago, I used to sing in the choir. You know, I can't no more, but I used to. I, I used to teach a Sunday school class. I used to share my faith. I used to give. I used to serve in the nursery. I, hey, there was a day I would have served on that core ministry preacher, but I just, my mm, back. I can't do it no more. Well, can you come and pray and bring oatmeal cookies? I mean, can you do something? I mean, I'm just asking, have you disqualified yourself to the point where you're talking about what you used to do and you just wash your nets? Now, I'm probably talking to some people, you didn't used to do nothing. You never excuse that English right there. You you never have served. And look here. You'll never know the joy of catching all them fish like Peter did. If you don't get out there, the first group are those that are just waiting on the shore. There's another group that are washing their nets. Thirdly, there's a third group I see, and they're watching Jesus and hearing the Word of God. Now look, you'd think these people are fine. This is the crowd, the multitude. There's more in this than anything else. Jesus is out there preaching on that boat, and they're standing on the shore or sitting on the shore, and they're listening to the Word of God, and they're getting fat, fat, fat with Bible knowledge. Oh, they're hearing Jesus. Ain't it sweet? I love it when our pastor preaches the Word of God and all of that, but they're doing nothing with it. They're not fishing. They're not a part of the miracle at all. They're just sitting there soaking it in. Those who are waiting, or excuse me, they're watching Jesus hearing the word of God. Number one was those that are waiting on the shore. Number two, those who are washing their nets. Number three, those who are watching Jesus hearing the word of God. Have you seen yourself yet? I hope not. If you have, let's jump over a few of these and get to the next one. Number number four, this is the crowd. I'm kind of, we're getting closer to ones now that we're looking for. That's what today's about. Remember I told you his friends that had taken their boat and the east out a little? Not Peter's boat. Maybe James and John been on that other boat, and they're watching, and they're listening to Jesus. Third, or number four, there are those, listen to this, that are just wanting it to be true. They're wanting to see a miracle. They want it. They're not a part of it. But down deep, they just want it. They want it to be true that Jesus, when he said he's going to push out, that it really was going to happen, and fish really are going to come. They don't expect many fish. They don't have their nets. But they just want it to be true. Look, there's a generation, pastor, of people that want the gospel to be true. They're for what we're doing. You know, every now and then people are critical because we're trying to reach more people and we build bigger buildings and we start new ministries and and all that. I hear that regularly. I heard it this week. Some that think that it's more feasible to do it exactly the way Jesus did and they want to stick us back in the first generation as if to say there was never anything that happened in the book of Acts that involved thousands of people. But I'm telling you right now, I believe if Jesus was upon this earth, He'd be right in the middle of the most aggressive place going after people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But whether or not, I'm for all of it, by the way, one-on-one to thousands. I'm for personal evangelism and mass evangelism. I'm for any soul coming to faith in Jesus Christ, and you should be. There was a crowd wanting it to be true. They're still not participating. But they're out. At, they're at least on the water. And do you remember what happened with this crowd right here? They're the ones that get the first opportunity. Because when that boat started to sink, and those fish were all trying to get in that net, and they're trying to get them in that, in that one boat, Peter's Peter hollers to his friends. The Bible uses this term. He beckons to his partners. And they come running. They come r- running, rowing. And they're getting over there as fast as they can. And then they fill their boat up. And before long, listen... Before long that boat's about to sink Here's what's awesome What if there had been three more boats out there They would have had even more They would have retained even more I'm thinking of those finally That are willing to participate Sharing in the miracle You know what Peter said when Jesus said Can I have your boat? Yes Lord I'm tired And I fished all night And I am a fisherman you know You're a carpenter. What he didn't know is, the Lord made that wood and the trees that built that boat. The Lord made him. The Lord made them fish. The Lord made that lake. He could command all them fish to get in there. He said, I will, Lord. I'll let down the net. So he lets it down. But even a little mustard seed of faith. He was willing to participate and he got to share personally with Jesus in a miracle. From the shore to the ship. Let me close. Sharing in the miracle. Hey, where are you? Right now. Hey, you're at home watching? Where are you? I'm asking. Are you on the shore? You ain't fishing. What have you done to serve anybody? Anybody? Hey, you know what this week I'm going to get to do? Somehow or another, and we're going to be, Terry and I are flying out to preach somewhere for long. But I'm going to somehow get some soup. I'm going to get me some soup. Some way or another, I might make it myself. I'm doing a little cooking now. I'm going to help with that ministry, my core done ministry. Some of you got the email. Our ministry, we're going to help with that. I'm, I'm committed to it. Some way or another, I'm going to serve in that. You know what happened yesterday? Yesterday, a bunch of our folks... We're over helping with a habitat house. You're going to hear more about that later. And they got to see something really cool. You know what we did the other week? About 10 or 12 of us. There were people there that were 80 years old, and there were, there were people there. Let's see, how old is Megan? Megan's seven. From Megan to Rick Mowry, we were filling up those bags. Do you remember that, Megan? And we're filling up those bags for children that don't have any food. On the weekends, wasn't that fun? We had a lot of fun because we were filling those up. This is I'm just talking about our done core. And We were pre- preparing for 167 families that have nothing between Friday, school, and Monday. Did you know there's some things going on right now in our Clinton core? I'm looking at the Perry's thinking about the awesome opportunity to advocate for children who have been severely abused. To minister to them by providing a venue whereby they can share without having to multiply over and over. Look, I'm just giving you a few. In addition to that, we have children's work and student work and adult ministry and small groups and CEF where our young people are being trained to share the gospel and they're going into schools and they're going into uh, daycare centers and they're going into communities to share the gospel and we just need drivers and we just need some to provide meals. I'm talking about the vision of our pastor. And preparing by prayer to plant that church in Togo, Africa And that church in Montana on the reservations There are opportunities for me and opportunities for you Every single week To be involved as little or as much as you can Stop telling yourself and everybody else that you can't fish You can fish And it's fun to fish And you probably won't know all the fish you've caught or been a part of seeing come to Christ until we get to heaven. And when we do, those dollars that we give, those time that we spend, those children that we change in the nursery, all of that translates to the propagation of the gospel. And no one way, including what I'm doing right now, is any more important than another way. Last week you were presented an opportunity, men of this church, young men in particular and some not so young, To step into a discipleship program of two years to go deeper with God. That issue, that challenge is today. Another week, it's over. The opportunity is going to be gone. I'm challenging you to step out and fish. Get in the water with us. It's time. It's time to fish. Hey, more nets and more partners and more ships. You know what that translates to? More fish. I told you this already, and I believe I'm casting his vision for the future, not just in this church, but in every church. I'm convinced. I'm convinced it feels right. That God has let us have some time that reduced some of our time together, help us to appreciate a little more, help us to search our hearts. Hey, there was a man in the 8 o'clock service I hadn't seen in months. You know what he said to me? He said, Pastor, during this time of shutdown and separation, and he's a businessman. He said, i spent more time. I've heard this a hundred times, I bet you. I've spent more time in God's Word, and God's been speaking to me. There's some things I've made right in my life. What if God's getting us right and getting us ready, and the sins are being confessed? And by the way, if you've got sin in your life right now, and you're not living right, look here, the Holy Spirit's telling you that right now. You need to repent, and you need to make that thing right, so that we can get all that right right now. So when all this is over and those numbers are almost non-existent because of the vaccines and really because of Jesus first and then the help that's coming through the medical community when that happens and the people that are hungry for fellowship and friendship and are hungry for the word start coming back into the church we'll be ready to love them and teach them truth and fish and teach them how to fish. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Maybe you're here this morning you've never been saved. Can I just tell you something Listen Be careful Be careful Don't wait Don't put it off Come to Jesus Repent Turn from your sin And ask him to forgive you He will If you'll ask him He will I've seen it this week He'll forgive you this morning Maybe you're saved But you just You haven't fished in a long time In fact you're Used to There was a woman in this church She loved fishing She'd fish on Sunday afternoons. On Sunday nights, she'd come back. <clears throat> she'd say, "Look right here," and she'd stick her thumb out. And if that she caught bass, her thumb would be tore up from those bass picking them up. Look here, some of us, we got soft thumbs. We ain't fished in a long time. You know, I look around and I see some young ladies and families. They love to fish. They. This, a message like this ought to encourage somebody, cause some of y'all been out fishing. Oh, you fishing in the schools? You're fishing in the neighborhoods. Hey, some of you've taken cookies or a meal to a neighbor to be Jesus to them, to love them, build relationships. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you're good fishermen, fish women. I'm proud of you. God's more proud. Some of you used to fish. Remember that? You're just washing your nets now, though. You given up. You've convinced yourself you're not needed. You're not important or it's impossible. Look, that's a lie of the devil. (laughs) There's a place for you. We have a man in this church by the name of Jason Bass. He's One of our interns called of God. He's committed to helping you find your spot. Pastors will help too. There are many, many more than I mentioned this morning. But there's room for you. Get involved. trying to imagine what Jesus said to Peter after it was all over and they they got to shore and they were trying to process those fish I can imagine him looking at him I can imagine Peter looking up at Jesus saying Jesus you could call all them fish without me thank you for letting me be a part thank you for letting me share in in this bounty to heaven I'm telling you it's going to be sweet to cast those crowns back at his feet when we've been a part of the harvest Father I pray you'd put a desire in the heart of every believer in this church to fish I pray you'd convict of sin righteousness and judgment every lost sinner that's watching or will watch this live stream and everybody in this room and I pray, Lord, we wouldn't count on some little old prayer prayed years ago, but we'd know for sure and certain that you live in us. And Father, I pray everything we do here would be to the means, means to an end of reaching people for you and glorifying your